Over these next few weeks, as we continue in this sermon series, A Faithful Presence, we wanted to create space in our online gathering to be able to pray the Lord's Prayer together. This is a prayer that, that followers of Jesus um, have been praying for centuries. It's, it's a prayer um, that, that Jesus taught his first followers to pray, and in it, we are crying out to the Lord for his kingdom to come for his will to be done here on earth, just as in heaven, here in our neighborhoods, here in San Diego, here in whatever city you're living in, just as it is in heaven. So would you join us this morning as we join in with followers of Jesus around the world and throughout the ages praying these same words. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Then Jesus went out to the lakeshore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Good morning, church. Um, we are currently sitting on top of uh, my roof, and um, I wanted to be here because I, I wanted, I wanted our, 
our neighborhood in the background. Um, on the other side of the screen is is our church campus. Um, and behind me is, is the neighborhood that I really believe that as a community, we're called to, to impact, to have influence over. And not only this neighborhood, but whatever neighborhood you might be in. As we talk about this sermon series called A Faithful Presence, what we're acknowledging is, is that God is faithfully present with his followers and God is faithfully present with the world. And 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 part of following Jesus is saying we we are attentive and aware of his, his presence to us and then we we seek to embody his presence to the neighborhoods around us, in our places of living, in our places of working, in our places of playing. We're saying that, that as, as his followers, uh, we are seeking to, to carry his presence into all of the spaces that we navigate. There's this really popular show that's out right now called WandaVision. Um, and there's a whole lot more that's happening um, in, in this TV show, but one of the things that's taking place is that you have superheroes living in a really typical suburb, a little typical American suburb in a small town. And, um, and it's, it, there, there's a lot of fun and comedy that ensues as you imagine these people with, with superhuman strength living in a neighborhood being neighbors and doing mundane tasks, uh, attending um, luncheons with their neighbors, you know, uh, hanging out with, with the people around them. And you just start, your, your imagination starts going crazy. Like, what would that be like to have a superhero um, as a neighbor? Listen, we, we, we open up to, to Mark chapter 2, and one of the things that we immediately read is that it says that Jesus is back home. Um, the, the wording of it is that Jesus returned to Capernaum. Several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. And they were told that he's living in a house. And he's living in this house that, that the neighborhood is, is stoked. The neighborhood is so excited that Jesus is back home. There's there's a buzz that's happening in the town and everyone just swarms his house. And you just think, like your, your mind probably starts going crazy, like what would it be like to have Jesus as your neighbor? Like as your literal next door neighbor, what would that look like uh, for that to be Jesus? Like to walk over and to ask for, for an extra egg or a cup of sugar or I know for our family, we hit so many wiffle balls over into our neighbor's house and thinking of like walking next door and knocking on the door and there's Jesus and saying, hey, we knocked another wiffle ball over. Could we go to the backyard and get that? Uh, what you find is is a neighborhood that is made better by the presence of Jesus. There's a neighborhood that is filled with excitement and hope and anticipation of what could be because Jesus is around. There, there's a neighborhood that is, is packed into his house. This is, there's not even any room to get inside of the house. That, that There is even people on the outside of the house. Like, you imagine putting their heads through windows, trying to, trying to just be in the proximity of Jesus. The entire neighborhood is just excited that Jesus is around. Jesus was a good neighbor. 
And one of the major themes that we see through the Gospels is that Jesus is, is present, He's available, He is aware to, to the lost, to the looked over, and the last in the neighborhood. That Jesus would pay special attention to the people around Him. He was available. He was interruptible. He, he, was, he was faithfully present. But specifically in this story at hand, what you find taking place is that, that Jesus is inside of this house. Maybe he's a guest. Some commentators think that this might be the house of one of his disciples that he's staying at. Jesus is living in the guest room. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's sleeping on the couch. And it says that, that as he's in the house, he's teaching, he's preaching, he's, he's ministering to people. You start thinking, man, Jesus probably had the most... Uh, just incredible conversations with people inside of his home. He probably told the best party stories. He probably, like everyone was probably laughing and just fully engaged with him. And here's what's happening in this story. It says that as, as, he's, as he's preaching to the crowd, that there's, there's, these, there's these guys that are trying to get their friend to Jesus. And they're carrying their friend because he's, he's paralyzed. He's, he's described as, as being carried on a mat and, and, and it says that they climb on top of the roof and they, all, all that we know is, is that they're on the roof and they, they dig a hole. They, they, they take apart the roof and they lower the man down in front of Jesus. You know, one of the, one of the byproducts of having a lot of people over your home is that things get broken. <laughs> but man, I so miss that. I know we're, you know, it's, it's a challenging season in which we haven't been able to have people over in our homes. But I, I miss, I miss going in and engaging people in the living room and then walking over to the dining room and there's people sitting and chatting there, going into the backyard and having other conversations. I just miss having people over. I miss the house being full and, and I miss things being spilled on our carpets and, and things being broken in the kitchen and, and kids running around and, and playing with all of the toys that, that we have. And I just really miss that. But so you imagine this scenario where the, the, the house is packed. The house is full. People are bumping into each other. There's probably breadcrumbs that are spread around the house. There's probably wine spills on the carpet. and. And, and it, it's, it's so filled that these guys can't make it to Jesus. And, and so they, they have the audacity, the courage to rip apart the roof and lower this man in front of Jesus. And listen, there's, there's two broken things in front of Jesus. One's, one's a broken ceiling and the other's this broken man. And you could probably guess which one gets Jesus's attention. What, Larissa has, has this saying that, that she'll tell our boys, and, and it's this, as they're fighting over their toys together, she says, what matters more, stuff or people? <laughs> and the boys have to respond, people. People matter more than stuff. Stuff is for people. <laughs> and so Jesus is not concerned with the stuff. Jesus is not concerned with the, the, the hole in the roof. What, what he is fully attentive to is, is this man here in front of him. 
Jesus is faithfully present here to this man. And he extends forgiveness. He extends healing. And he commends the friendship that's on display in front of him. Jesus's value and Jesus's attention, right, is, is, is fully on humanity. It's on people, people that were on the outside, people that, that there wasn't enough space for, Jesus is attentive to. Well, let's, there, there's this man on the mat, but let's move away from him and let's talk about a man named Matt. Let's talk about Matthew. Because right after this story about the healing of the paralytic man, we were told that Jesus is now a- around the town. And as he is, he's lakeside and, and he sees a man named Levi. We also know him as Matthew. And he calls Matthew to himself. He says, Matthew, come, follow me. And, and it, we're told the emphasis of here in, in this moment is that Matthew drops everything and he follows Jesus. But what I love about this story is that what happens right after that moment is Matthew throws a party. Matthew invites a, a whole bunch of people into his home. And, and what, I, what I see on, on display here in, 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 this, in this moment is that from what we know from Matthew is, is that he was just called to follow Jesus. He was called to imitate him, to disciple him, to be his apprentice, to be formed in, in, in Jesus's ways. And so I like, I don't know, but I imagine that the, the thinking process of Matthew is like, okay, I was called to follow Jesus. I was called to disciple, to be his disciple, to, to imitate him with every space of my life. What do I know about Jesus? What do, what do I know about him? He loves people. He loves having people over. He loves being present to the neighborhood. So what will I do to imitate Jesus? I'm going to have a whole bunch of people over to my house. I'm going to, I'm going to fill this house with people. I'm going to be faithfully present to them and I am going to invite them to be near Jesus. It's like what Matthew gets here, or at least from what I gathered, what he understands is because what we're told is the, the, those that got an invitation to the party are Jesus, the disciples, and this group of notoriously immoral people. And it's like Matthew gets, has an understanding that, that Jesus, the church, and the world are meant to converge together are meant to mingle with one another. That for him to be a follower of Jesus is to have this understanding that says, as as his followers, we need to be faithfully present in the world just as Jesus is faithfully present in the world. And for us, right, it's a space of saying, look, church isn't just this, it isn't a place that we go to, but it is a people that we belong to. It is a people that are being formed and transformed in the faithful presence of Jesus and then embodying that faithful presence in the world that we live in. One of the things that I didn't bring up on the front end about Matthew is that he's described as a tax collector. And why is this so important to bring up that Matthew is a tax collector? Well, tax collectors in this time, they... Uh, they were Jewish uh, people that 
were uh, were given the responsibility by Rome to collect taxes. And right now, right, Israel is under the the dominion of, of Rome. And so in order to make a living, what the tax collectors would do is that they would charge more than what Rome was asking for. And they were... They were a people that were just, they were, they were further oppressing the Jewish people. They were taking advantage of them. And so they, they weren't a people that were looked up to it in the neighborhood. And you kind of just think about this moment of Jesus, and he has his disciples around him, and, and, he, and he goes and he, and he sees Matthew. And I, I just kind of wonder what, what's happening in the minds of the disciples as they see Matthew. They're probably not thrilled that, that he's there. They probably don't enjoy seeing him in this moment. And I imagine that they're stunned that they hear an invitation come out of Jesus' mouth. Matthew, come follow me. Like, I just, just imagine Simon the Zealot looking at, at, at Peter and just like, What? Is this really taking place right now? Is this guy going to be one of us? But I think there's something to commend here in, about the disciples. Because what, what we find is, is that Matthew holds this party. It says Jesus, the disciples, and this crowd filled with tax collectors, filled with, with notoriously immoral people, they're all eating together. They're all in a space where they're enjoying one another's presence. And listen, one thing you got to understand about the culture of this time is that is that to extend ex, to extend uh, the table to each other was it was a statement of inviting someone into your life. It was a it was the table of fellowship. It was the table of of camaraderie, of friendship. And so you, what you have on display in the story is that you have the religious folk, you have the religious leaders of the time, they're looking at what Jesus is doing, they're looking at the party that Jesus is at, and, and they're disgusted by what they see in front of them. They're, they're, they're taken back and they're challenged by what's happening in front of them. And they ask Jesus' followers, like, why is it that he's having dinner with these people? Why is it that he's eating with them? But then what you also have on display is, is that you have Jesus and his disciples eating with, with this group of people. And you just got to imagine that what is Jesus doing here in this moment? Is that he, I believe he's creating a culture and an understanding that must happen in the hearts of his disciples. That they are to value humanity. That they are to value their neighbors. That they're meant to look at the people around them, the people that they're in proximity with, the people that they live around. And there's meant to be a heart of hospitality, generosity, and welcome. There's meant to be warmth, and there's meant to be joy. There's meant to be embrace as, as the church faithfully lives in, in her neighborhoods. Why? Because I, I, what, what Matthew understands is that he was invited and if someone like him can be invited, if someone like him who was despised and looked down upon by the rest of the community was invited into relationship with Jesus, then for Matthew, that transforms how he views the world around them. It's the space of saying, if I'm invited, they are invited. If I'm valued, then they are valued. 
they are also called to be in proximity and relationship with Jesus. Because if he made a way for me, man, then that blows the door open for who's invited in. I, you, you look at Mark's description of, of the followers of the crowd and he describes them. He describes those that are following Jesus to be made up of, of, of these notoriously immoral people. Jesus is, is faithfully present to those that were looked down upon, those that were lost, those that were last. Jesus extends relationship to, he embraces and he invites them to himself. Here's what I see, how I see Matthew following Jesus. Matthew follows Jesus in this way. He, it's by the value that he places on his neighbors and his friends. They have value in Matthew's eyes. And I think for us, the question is, is just simply this. Do we love where we live? Do, do we see a space filled with potential? Do we look around us and, and see, see humanity as a people that Jesus is calling unto himself and calling us to be welcoming and engaging of? Jesus is a good neighbor. He is faithfully present to the world around them. And, and, and he's showing us how to see humanity with the eyes that he sees humanity. And, and so, listen, we'll wrap up by saying this. I see two invitations here in front of us. One is this, is come to Jesus' table. I hope that what you see highlighted in this, in this story here of Matthew is that, is that Jesus is, is ready and wanting to invite all humanity to himself. And, and we're going to go into to a time of, of communion here in a moment. And I just want to emphasize, this is an open table. This is a space where you would hear Jesus is saying, yes, come. Come be in relationship with me. Come and follow me. And then the other invitation that I would see for us is this, is to imitate Jesus like we see Matthew imitating Jesus, to value our neighbors, to invite our neighbors, to see our neighborhoods as a place where we can faithfully embody the presence of Jesus because we have seen the way he has been faithfully present to us.